If you're getting pitched any of these five strategies, get a second opinion from someone that's not selling you the strategy. We're talking typically thousands of dollars with the, any one of these strategies. Spend three to 500 bucks to get an independent advisor to just say, here's what I think. Here's how state income tax works. You get taxed based on the state income tax where you reside and where you earn income. The state income tax you pay has nothing to do where you set up an entity. You have a C-Corp. You will pay more tax as a small business owner due to double tax. And I know you want to say, but my individual rates are higher. And if I have a S-Corp, it's going to flow through at a higher individual rate. Yes. But to get the money out of your C-Corp, you're going to pay a lower rate of 21%. Then you're going to pay your income personal tax. Welcome, everyone, to the Main Street Business Podcast with Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler. We are so excited to be with you today. But we are here to debunk. We're here to warn, to protect. To serve. This is a public service announcement today because <laughs> someone's got to do it. Yes. Ugh. And there are so much crap out there in the uh, influencer space. We'll call it that. Maybe some might say on TikTok. Not that TikTok's bad. There's some fun things there, of course, and some good content to begin with. But there's a lot of promotion out there that's not accurate. Yeah. And we're not going to be talking about the dumb dance moves you should or shouldn't do on TikTok. But we're talking about tax strategies. There's yeah. a bunch of people out there pretending to be tax experts, trying to tell you what to do with your money. And you know what? If you jack it up, they're not going to jail or prison. You are. Yeah. Just ask the Wesley Snipes. Hey, the guy did time. He did real time for following some bozo's tax advice. And I'm worried it's going to happen to some of you following these stupid tax strategies. Or even, let's say that's not even you. It's not about jail or prison. But you know what? Some of these tax strategies, you're going to pay more tax than you should. Yeah, penalties, interest, audit is no fun. And why are these influencers or people that don't have tax expertise talking about this? Because they have nothing else to talk about. And they're trying, (laughs) but I say it better than the accountants out there. Whatever. Um, Okay, so today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to share five, did we say scams, viral tax strategies that don't work for most people. Now, that's the problem here. Some of these strategies... All of the strategies work in some instances incredibly well, but they don't work for the masses by any means. So we're going to give you what to look out for. And I'm going to say right now, the biggest takeaway is uh, identify if you're getting pitched any of these five strategies, get a second opinion from someone that's not selling you the strategy. You're, we're talking typically thousands of dollars with the, any one of these strategies. Spend three to 500 bucks to get an independent advisor to just say, here's what I think. And get someone that's planning-oriented and forward-thinking. Of course, if you go to some bozo that's 85 years old and you know doesn't know what's going on today, they're going to shoot anything down. But, but I, you know, you got to get Yeah, and, and also, like, look at the credentials of someone selling you this strategy or idea, right? What, how are they licensed? Are they an attorney? Are they a CPA? It's just like any, like— Health or medical stuff. You should eat that. You shouldn't eat that. You should do this. You know, are you, you a get nutritionist? This are yeah. you a doctor? Like what license do you have? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, so be careful out there with who you're getting your information from. So let's hit these strategies. Let's just jump into it. Want to go in order? We already talked. Yeah. QSBS, I'm good with that. And 1202. Yeah. And people be on the lookout for next week. We're planning on the legal or asset protection scams or viral strategies that don't work. So we're going to hit the legal next week, which by the way, the word LLC is going to come up quite a bit next week. Number one viral tax strategy that doesn't work for 99% of people is the QSBS 1202 strategy, which is qualified small business stock 1202 election which means you're going to make this election at the beginning of the formation of your company, be taxed as a C-Corp, and five years from now, lo and behold, you're going to sell your company for $10 million or more tax-free. 
That's the pitch. Sounds great. It works for about one in a thousand people. And that's the reality. Yeah. We've done a separate podcast on this. We just get lots of questions about it. And it's kind of this, what type of entity should I set up? You know, we set up 400 entities a month, you know, here, and, and we're always having that conversation with clients and we're never falling on the C Corp despite this opportunity where you could sell your business and qualify to have qualified small business stock and pay no tax. Now, now here's why. When you are a C corporation, you volunteered to pay more taxes. You're operating. You've decided I will pay more taxes during I'm that five money, year run up my five year, 10 year, 20 years, however you own this small business. Okay. It's not this five year run up. Maybe yep. you know, yeah, they're lucky. I mean, are we talking yeah. like some Silicon Valley startup? That's who it works for because you have this window of, of run up and you probably don't make any money. Right. These, yeah. These startups at these tech companies and they go sell for millions of dollars. Okay. That's who that's QSBS works for. That's who uses it. That's who's really talking about it. But if you're main street, small business owner, that's not your business. That's not your lane. You don't get funding from venture capitalists that keep you afloat to pay your payroll until you make a dollar. So you can sell your business for a hundred million dollars. That's not you. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to run a business, make some money. And when you do that, you're going to pay C-Corp tax and pay more tax to operate the business. I have never seen in 25 years of practice as a legitimate tax lawyer licensed in multiple states. I speak for Matt as well, our entire team. I have never seen a client use the 1202 stock strategy in real estate, medical profession, manufacturing, agriculture, online selling. It doesn't work because you pay so much tax to show the income to get the multiple in order to sell your business. That by the time you get the tax-free sale, if you do, you've already paid too much tax to get there. It doesn't pay off. Yeah. So that's I, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say one other thing. And here's the here's what you're going to do. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. No one's going to buy your C-Corp stock. No small business, no person mm-hmm. wanting to buy a business wants to buy a C-Corp. And let alone buy the stock of a C-Corp. The only people who do that are big corporations or private equity funds. They're going to try and make it even bigger. Hence, again, this works in the tech space. So if you're a small business... You have to sell it as a C-Corp. Someone's going to pay less for it. Yep. <laughs> now you're back to where you started. Number two, viral tax strategy to avoid is setting up your entity in another state to avoid state tax where you live. You think, oh, I live in California. I can set up a Wyoming, a Nevada, a Delaware, a Texas, Florida entity. I can be in New York and set up a Florida entity. And by setting up an entity in another state, I'm not going to pay state tax where I live. Uh, wrong. That's it. That's it. It's it's, it's so straightforward. (laughs) Let's let's unpack. What are your thoughts? Nothing does not work. Okay. Here's what happens. How's your state? Here's how state income tax works. You get taxed based on the state income tax where you reside and where you earn income. Okay. So no matter the state income tax you pay has nothing to do where you set up an entity. It has nothing to do where I set up an LLC. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, what, Oh, but, but, but I have a server and I do online sales or I do YouTube and I publish it through my website and my entities set up in Nevada and my servers in Nevada. Doesn't that work? Okay. Gavin Newsom does not care. The governor of California <laughs> does not care. And no Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't either. Okay. If you live in California and you make income anywhere, you can make it in on the world. Mars. In the world. Yeah. Or in Mars. That's you know? right. You, you know? Freaking Matt Damon, Martian. Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter where you make it. The state of California is going to tax it. Okay. And so be careful about setting up and thinking you're going to avoid your state income tax. Now, let's say you do make money in Texas where there's no state income tax and you live in California. Cool. You will not pay income tax in Texas, but you're still going to pay it in California. You've yeah. got to leave. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you move to Texas and you make income in Texas 
and you live there and you're a longer resident of California, that's how you get out of state income yeah. tax. You want to get out of Illinois, New York, California, these huge blue state tax rates, move out of the state. Yeah. Why do you think Mark Wahlberg left California for Nevada? He literally had to leave. He couldn't just be like, well, I'll just set up an LLC in Wyoming yeah. or Nevada. You no, know, he had to move. Yeah. Justin Timberlake, Wyoming. They move because they want to pay less tax and enjoy a different lifestyle. And that's what's required. So the end. Now, I, if you want to set up an entity in Wyoming or one of these other states for asset protection, oh, that might work. Stay tuned for the other viral legal strategies Ooh, a little teaser. that may not work. That's going to be the next episode. So well, we'll tell you when that really works too. All, all right. right. Number three. Go next ahead. one that doesn't work for most people is cost segregation. Okay. There's a strategy in real estate. When you own rental properties in real estate, do what's called a cost segregation that accelerates your depreciation expense. It gives you more write-offs right now in, in terms of depreciation that you can use. However, those write-offs are useless unless you are a real estate professional. Yep. Hence, this is not for most people. It's only for real estate professionals. Yeah. And I will add a couple of caveats. If you qualify for the short-term rental strategy mm-hmm. through material participation, you might unlock the cost seg. If you have a self-rental where you own your own little building or warehouse that you rent or a commercial condo to your little office space, if you own the building in which your business rents from and you have continuity of ownership, you can do a cost seg. That's it. Self-rental a short-term rental, or a long-term rental as a real estate professional. That's it. And when these big syndicators are on their thousand-person calls and they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing a cost seg at this you know, huge hotel or commercial building, and it's going to drive a bunch of depreciation down to you guys and your K-1s, doesn't help you. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. You don't get now it. Now, you, you get to carry that forward, and maybe you do have cash-flowing rentals, where, and even where they're tax-positive on the K-1s. I've had some of those in years yeah. where I have properties with loss, and I have properties with gain on the K-1, and those can net out. So it sometimes can help, but it is just not a – everybody should be chasing this. It's not a reason to necessarily buy real estate. Make sure you understand the situations where this works. Real estate professional, self-rental, short-term rental loophole, or maybe you've got some K-1s with some – positive net income or rental income on properties. And you're thinking maybe I cost sick. All right. Number four, viral tax strategy that does not work 99% of the time is that of setting up a C corporation to run your business. And the pitch will be, well, you can have a different fiscal year. You can change your year end and kick taxable income to the next year and get the use of that. And then, oh, you're going to get more write-offs with the C-Corp. And then they add insult to injury and want to set up your C-Corp in another state. And, oh, you can borrow from your C-Corp. or The C-Corp tax rate's 21%. These are going to be their pitches. Please do not be sold on this. Do not get bamboozled or tricked. When you have a C-Corp, you will pay more tax as a small business owner due to double tax. And I know you want to say, but my individual rates are higher. And if I have a S corp, it's going to flow through at a higher individual rate. Yes. But to get the money out of your C corp, you're going to pay a lower rate of 21%. Then you're going to pay your income personal tax. Oh, so in the end I pay double. Yes. Well, I can borrow from it. Yeah. And then you're going to pay the piper someday. And we've had those nightmare conversations with clients. Avoid the C corp. I don't even think I need to say anything, but amen. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, praise. Uh, testify. It's just, testify. It's brutal. And, and that's where a second opinion can really come into play because you can go to your tax advisor and go, hey, you know what? Tell me what the numbers would look like if I was a C-Corp. 
And sometimes we use a C-Corp. This is where the half-truth yeah. comes in on this. See, cost-seg works for some people. The 1202 does work for some people. But in this, the C, and it's moving to another state can work if you want to move your butt to another state. It's these half-truths that kill us. So yeah. a C-Corp could work in a little healthcare strategy. Yeah, maybe a blocker corporation to avoid UBIT and a self-directed structure. Maybe you are like raising money in a certain way in a, in a company where you need to be a C-Corporation. Maybe your shareholder rules. You're going to have more than 100 shareholders. You're going to have retirement accounts as shareholders in a significant way in an operating business. There's situations where you could be a C-Corp. It's just not for 9 out of 10 Main Street business owners. In nope. fact, 99 out of 100. Yep. Actually, 9,999 <laughs> out of 1,000. That's where I'm going to put it. <laughs> All right. Now, before we share the fifth and final viral tax strategy that we think is oversold to the masses by far, quick uh, commercial break and tell you that if you are looking for a tax advisor that speaks mm-hmm. Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler, we have the Main Street Tax Pro Network, where I am literally training hundreds of CPAs and enrolled agents twice a week, and they have to go through 800 quiz questions, 12 modules of tax and legal and estate and wealth building strategies. And frankly, it's not always me teaching them. We learn together. It's an amazing call twice a week. Matt participates uh, at least yeah, once a week. there's some awesome people involved. Oh my gosh. Oh, Lots of great learning. We learn so much. So if you're a tax advisor looking to build a, cl- a bigger and better client base and use tax advisory pricing, Clients, we have clients all over the country starving to meet you. If you're looking for a tax advisor, go to markjkohler.com, click on the Tax Pro Network at the top, and you can start scrolling through all sorts of certified advisors. And the only way they get on that list is if they are actively meeting in our trainings every week, and they are involved, and they're trained and certified. Check it out, young or old, male or female, big firm, little firm, East Coast, West Coast. And do not think you need to have an accountant down the street. They can get on Zoom and serve your needs and understand your business. So you, there's help out there. Mm-hmm. So when you see the, I know many people are like, you just told me all these things don't work. Where do I go? Tax Pro Network. There you go. There you go. Easy. Um, and yeah, I've, I've just been on those calls with Mark and Tax and Legal 360 conferences coming up. A lot of the people from the network are, um, are there. So you actually meet people, um, lots of business owners. So um, that's the place to be. That's where we're getting all this tax work done and um, where you can meet the people that are of the mindset of what we're doing here every day on the Main Street Business Podcast. Yeah. Number five is going to be the overselling of life insurance. I'm frankly sick and tired of it because I hear people <laughs> selling life insurance as a tax strategy or life insurance as a way to build wealth or life insurance instead of a retirement account. Okay, life insurance is insurance. Yeah. Yes, there are some investment aspects to it. Yes, there are some people who use it to build wealth. But I'm just telling you, as a guy that's done the 10,000 hours, the 10,000 consults with successful business owners and investors, I can't tell you one that is wealthy because they bought life insurance. Yeah. Okay. It's insurance when you die. Yes, you can have some <laughs> cash value in it, but it is not a wealth building strategy. It's not a tax strategy. Well, and here's the 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 difficult part. And because we work with a lot of financial advisors and that know how to use life insurance properly. Can you build with life build wealth with life insurance? Absolutely. Are there some unique aspects of the right type of crafted policy that doesn't mech out? You put in the right number of premiums at the right time based on your age and your overall wealth uh, portfolio? Absolutely. But again, it's for the few, not the masses. And so what happens is people that are good at sales we were just talking this with our studio producer. And he was like, yeah, I got a buddy. He's great at sales. He can sell anything. And he's making a killing with life insurance. 
does are, are they uh, these types of salesmen always uh, do they always have the best interest of the of the consumer at the end of the day the commissions are significant and so you've got to get a second opinion yeah. when you go down this life insurance route again it can work yeah. not saying it doesn't yeah and and I there's there's a place for life insurance I have life insurance Mark and I have life insurance on each other you know I've got it for my family okay. I'm not, there's a place for life insurance, even whole life insurance, but it is not a substitute for everything else. And I'm sick and tired of it being this one size fits all of like, oh, you know, don't do business ownership. Don't be an entrepreneur. Don't be real estate. Just buy all this insurance. It's like, wait, what? That's, it's not, that's not what it's for. Yeah. It sounds too good to be true as well. Yeah. And you just bank on yourself. What? Infinity. What? All right, Matt, I think it's fair to our audience before we wrap up the show. This is very important for any of you that may have implemented or taken some action on one of these five strategies. Let's quickly go through just what the triage would be and where you go next um, if you're in one of these messes. Um, Do you want to choose one that you would? Yeah, let me talk about avoiding setting up the entity in the wrong state. Okay, this is probably the most common one we we run into Mm -hmm. um, here. And we're setting up entities in all 50 states. Okay, let's say you are in California and you set up the Wyoming LLC for your business that is actually conducting business in California. Okay. You have an operating business. All right. Okay. Here's the first thing you need to do. You need to either register it from Wyoming into California, or you can do what's called the domestication and move it from Wyoming into California. So now it's the same entity. I can keep the same bank account, even same tax, same tax ID. I've just changed the state. It's domicile. And I use the California Wyoming there as an example. This could be any state. If you've got the entity in the wrong state and you need to get where your state where you reside or a state where you have a rental property located, we're always setting up the entity in the state where you do business or where you own a property. And so we can move entities with doing what's called a domestication and then closing it out in the old state. Love it. Easy. Now that's the action. I'm going to actually say the first thing to do, if any of you have set up the entity in the wrong state, This is what you're going to bring up in your consult. Get with one of our tax lawyers and lead with that. Say, I think I have the entity in the wrong state. Should I keep it or not? That start there. You're like, we just don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There may be some reason why you're doing this. It could be a variety. It could even be for asset protection. That makes sense. But get that consult. Uh, You can go to kkoslawyers.com, schedule an hour with an attorney and say, hey, I've done this. Help me unwind it if I need to. But if you do unwind it, Matt gave them steps. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a service called The Cleanup. Okay. It's one of our most popular services because this happens so much. Oh, I love it. Okay. Now I'm going to go back to our first one too on the QSBS 1202. So if any of you have made that election and you are now have qualified small business stock and made a C-Corp election in your operational business, again, I'll say lead with a consultation. Mm. And then what the remedy will be is making an S election. You're going to retract that C-Corp election and just go back to a plain old S-Corp, which is what every dentist, doctor, lawyer, accountant, landscaper, realtor, broker, contractor, that's what we all are. And they work great. So we're going to get you out of that C-Corp back into an S with an S election. Now there is a look back period. You have built in gain issues. Uh, that's why a consultation is going to be very important. How long did you operate as a C-Corp? Do you have appreciated assets in that C-Corp? What's been going on? Just to make an S election is not an easy button either. But it, but if you give it a few years, you'll be home free. So there's a yeah. process and, and you can get out of that train wreck right away. Yeah, we do S elections all the time for clients going from LLC 
It's just a sole proprietorship or partnership and having that taxes and S corporation. That is easy. Going from C to S is not as easy, but it can be done. And we're doing it every month. Someone's got to do it here. So um, get the console and then move back to what you need to be. Now, remember, the, the, here's the other thing on this QSBS. You only have to have it for five years. So you could start as an S corp and then be like, hmm. I might want to sell this business in five years and QSBS could work for me and do a consult. We have lawyers that have done those consults and analyzed it. Most of the time they're saying no, but I'm just saying on that strategy, rather than jump in on it at first, move into it later. If you really do think it could work in your scenario. I love it. Um, number four, right. easy answer. We already talked about the C corp. So yeah, same sure. thing, the same thing you set up the C corp, you should have been in an S corporation. Just do the S election. Remember you got the built-in gain issues. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Well, let's uh, cost seg. What I mean, man. If I've already done the cost seg, I'm kind of sunk. Well, can I get? If yeah, I've already, it's already been on my return. Yeah. Here's what I would say: If any of you have done the cost seg, and you weren't able to take the write off, that means you've got a huge carry forward loss in your real estate portfolio. Okay, that's not a bad thing. I've got a big one. I'm carrying forward. I'm not a real estate professional, but the beauty of that bucket is you can dump it out on the sale of a property and not have to do a 1031 exchange. So if you've already done a cost seg, this is a great time to go, huh, what's in my real estate portfolio? Is this a good chance to maybe harvest some gains over here on this rental? And I'm going to go buy two more rentals and I don't have to do the 1031. I can dump that bucket out. So you can dump that cost seg out on any of your rental property sales which could be really, really helpful. So, and, and you're going to carry it forward till the day you die. So don't think all is over. You paid for a seg. That's fine. But um, you're going to be able to dump that loss out. Now, there's going to be recapture of depreciation on the sale of property, depending on how long you held it. But again, this is where you do that consult and go, huh, maybe there's a way to harvest it and use it. The life insurance that's been oversold. Um, I think this is just to have an honest conversation and maybe this is where you get the financial advisor in your life. Mm-hmm. That's a true fiduciary and not a life insurance salesman. I hate to say it, yeah. you know, if you might have your financial advisor at Northwestern mutual or New York life, and I'm sorry, that person's not a financial advisor or a life insurance salesman. I know they might be good and that you might, you know, They're you might have get some good advice friend. or whatever, but they do work for a life insurance company. That's why you probably have a lot of life insurance. Um, so, um, because get a, unbiased opinion from someone who's a fiduciary that's an, an RIA. We've had them, Michael Bradley and Randy Lupke were just at our self-directed diary summit talking about this and getting independent advice. And it's no surprise that when you have an advisor that works at a broker dealer, what are all the investments they end up having you buy? Broker dealer products. When you have an advisor that, that sells life insurance, what do you think you have in your portfolio? A bunch of life insurance. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's because they're beholden to their employer. Get a fiduciary who's who's supposed to be making investment choices for your best interest, not the company they work for. Totally. And the good news here is that almost every life insurance policy can be restructured. They can take that cash value and convert the policy to term. You can convert the policy to a different Mm. type of whole life policy. Life insurance agents, frankly, or financial planners, the whole crew, they love to crap on something else someone did. (laughs) So if you go to an independent advisor and go, I got this policy, What's it really for? Now, they hopefully you'll say, well, here's the good, the bad, and here's what we can do to convert it and change it. So life insurance policies can be restructured very, very easily uh, for the most part. And again, there can be um, some uh, ramifications and you have to have a reality check. Some of you may say, you know what? I'm going to stay the path. I'm going to keep building that cash yeah. value. I'm, I'm okay paying those premiums. I know in five to 10 years from now, it's going to pay off. 
Okay, but know the plan. Have a reality check. Here is the biggest, uh, you know, final takeaway, if I may, and then I'll I'll let you wrap it up with your uh, perspective on this. We encourage all of you to continue to learn about cool tax strategies and understand the strategies you're implementing on your tax return. Just the fact you're listening to our podcast makes us so exciting because you've caught the vision. You are the captain of your ship. If you're here, we've just, we turned around from the pulpit and we're preaching to you, the choir, you know, we need you to leave the building and go tell all your friends, Hey, it's okay to get to know taxes, go recruit, go proselyte and tell people, yes, if you're a business owner, you got to know this stuff. It doesn't mean you're going to prepare your own tax return. It doesn't mean you need to go figure out all the strategies, but when it sounds too good to be true, like an easy fix and the person you're hearing it from is either selling you or they're not licensed or credentialed, doesn't mean it's bad. It means second opinion. It means you're going to go get a second opinion. We have 14 tax lawyers that you can turn to at any point in our law firm or from around the country, kqslawyers.com, do a consult and say, hey, what do you think of this? Based on my fact pattern. And they're going to say, oh, this could work. Could yeah, work. and what I'll even say on that is have a freaking plan. Okay, mm-hmm. Have a plan with someone who's qualified that's done this 100,000 times. And go over that plan for your specific situation. See, the problem is, and we hit these tax strategies, one of those five could work for you. You might be someone that one of those five works for you. Yep. We just crapped on all of them. One of them could work for you. But we don't know that. I can't tell you which one of you that is. Mm-hmm. But we can get in with uh, KQS lawyers. Our attorneys can do a trifecta, go over your situation, recommend the strategies that work in your situation, and one that don't, create a task list. Create opportunities where you're going to save taxes, where you're paying too much right now. There's tons of planning opportunities and strategies that can work in your situation. I wish there was an easy button. Sometimes these strategies are sold as the easy button. Just do this and you won't pay tax. No, 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 no. Okay. Good tax planning is about doing 10 or 20 things right and considering 50, but you pick the 10 or 20 that work in your situation. So we do that. We'll do your trifecta, get that set up over at kqslawyers.com. That's what we're here to do for you. Yeah. and, And to say we, quote unquote, crapped on these five strategies. No, no, no. We, if I may rephrase, yeah. <laughs> is we crapped on them being sold to everybody. Yeah, That's what the frustrating part is for us because we have to be the bad guys and unwind these for clients that actually take action or be the bad guy and tell them, it's not going to work for you. And uh, many people are, thank heavens, I at least called you. But um, that's the issue. Uh, there's so many strategies out there that could be a great, I mean, we, we literally were like, Ooh, should we throw that on the list? Should we throw that one on the list? We, there's probably 10 or 15 here and we, they just didn't make our top five. So that's why listening to this podcast on a regular basis is so important too, so that you can stay in tune with what works. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of the major business podcast. Like Mark said, next week, we're going to be ta- back talking about the five viral legal scams. Scams the word? Yeah, that don't work. That the don't five work. Legal the five legal strategies, strategies that don't work. work for everyone. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah, We're I being like very that. PC today, I guess. Yeah, you know, scams. I, 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 I want to call them scams too. Usually we just go for it. <laughs> I'm a little PC today. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. If you're still listening to this show, you like it. Go give it a five-star review. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the future episodes, and we'll see you next week. Thanks.